Recorded live. Oh, testing, testing. Okay, it is 11.14 on March 15th, 2015. 3.15.15. That means something. Today is some very important Irish day. Uh, I can't remember now. Uh, Ode, Ode, Ides of the Irish or something. Okay, remember to look that up, Michelle, so that you know what day it is. Uh, Let's see here. What can I talk about tonight? All right. Let's see. Humility. This is very important when it comes to being a good Christian and a good Catholic. Do not, do not allow your desire to be closer to God. Interfere with the writings that he gives you. Satan will trick you in this way. God wants the truth to be told. If you mix your own desires with God's truth, it will not give the glory to God, which is to be the end result. God will speak to you through you in his time. Using signs, symbols, wonders. It's extremely simple. You just have to be aware of what the signs, symbols, and wonders are. See the signs. Hear the words. He refers to eyes and ears being opened all throughout the Bible. His miracles uh, take place by helping the blind to see, helping the deaf to hear. This is how he presents them. But it's not only physically that he's healing these people, he's spiritually healing them. He's opening their eyes up to his words, his truth, the gospel. Okay, He's opening the door to your... Um, connection to the Lord, the conduit, the, um, you know, he's trying to wake you up so you can realize what he's trying to say to you, because he's always here, he's always here speaking to you, Uh, he's never away from you, you're the one that steps away from him, you take yourself out of his presence, because what happens is you get caught up in all this secular, worldly stuff. And when you do that, you forfeit your relationship to the Lord. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. He's a jealous God. He does not like to share his people with uh, the evil one or the evil evil doers of this world. He's made it very well known throughout the history of the Bible, the Old Testament or the Jewish the Jewish Testament and the New Testament. He doesn't like to share his people, okay? He doesn't want us to get caught up in the things of this world. There's no reason for uh, for us to be doing that. And if we truly love the Lord and want to follow, pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ, the last thing we will be wanting to do is live in this world and to uh, find joy in any of the things uh, or the desires of this world. You know, when you're truly walking with the Lord, you the things of this world kind of make you sick. You can see everything the way it's going down. 
with wars and rumors of wars and the way people treat each other, the way uh, we're living in like a Sodom and Gomorrah type of society anymore. God's coming back, you know. I don't know when. Uh, Maybe not in our lifetime, maybe so. I don't worry about that so much. I worry about my soul getting to heaven and hopefully taking some people with me along the way because that's what it's all about. We've been placed here to, to... First of all, God wants to see if we can, uh, if we love him enough to search for him. And so we will search our Bibles. We will search out this higher calling for, uh, in our hearts and in our minds, you know, and we'll start to look in places and we'll realize, hey, okay, at some point, if you do make the connection out uh, that there is something spiritual. There is a spiritual realm, and you do have the ability to connect to that through prayer and fasting and other things. You can uh, forego um, the things of this world, and you can start to do your um, work on getting closer to the Lord. So once you realize there is a Lord, there is a God, and he wants you, and he's been calling you your whole life, trying to get your eyes to open up and your ears to hear him, then you can start to really work on the relationship. And that means um, you spend a lot of time reading the Word, going to uh, places where the Word, uh, it, where the true Word is being spoken and taught, and also um, praying, you know, just keeping an open line between you and the Lord. So... When you start to do that, miracles happen because it kind of changes your concept of this world. You can see it from God's point of view. So you can see why he allows the suffering and why he allows things to happen sometimes because in the end, he's hoping uh, some of these things will send people running to him. It'll wake them up and they'll say, look, uh, I can't handle this life on my own. I need somebody to walk me through it and this the only one that makes any sense is the lord jesus christ because he's already done it for us you know it's not that hard to figure out jesus god came to earth in human form okay he's like us now you know he's walking the earth he's doing everything we do he's had the temptations the experience of this life the only difference is he didn't uh he didn't conform to this world he never sinned so he didn't he wasn't like us he wasn't he didn't have that nature to sin he was god so but as far as taking on human form and showing us how to do it pick up our cross and follow him and try to be like him he's the only example the perfect example the lamb okay the lamb of god he did it all then on top of it he dies for us he sheds his blood on the cross for our sins He pays the ultimate price for every human being on the face of this earth. So all we have to do is say, Lord, Lord, I love you so much for doing that for me, for giving me that life, that grace, that mercy, for dying for me, that I will do the same for you and for my fellow man. I'm going to pick up that cross and do what you asked me to do. Follow your commandments, love my neighbor, love the Lord God with all my heart, mind, and soul, love my neighbor as myself. And if I do those two commandments that Jesus requested of us, 
then the others, you don't even have to try. You know, you don't want to murder. You don't want to have adultery with somebody. You don't want to do all these other bad things, these other worldly things. You don't want to be tempted. You don't feel tempted even. And after you walk in this for a while, you know, it's easy to, it's just, your burden is light with God. You don't even worry about having to conform to this world. You can live your life peacefully, knowing that you're following Jesus. You're you're living a good life. You're setting a good example, hopefully. You know, and if you are following him and doing what he asks you to do, how could you set anything but a good example? You know, and on occasion, I know we fall. Sometimes we have a little setback and... The bottom line is you have to get up, you have to repent, go to confession, confess everything that you've done that's been uh, negative or against your neighbor or against God. You know, even doubt, even if you doubt the Lord sometimes or you doubt your your friends or your neighbors, that's a sin. So if you go and confess those things to a priest, a good priest, a Roman Catholic priest, you speak that out loud, you get it off your chest, you can repent and start anew, you know, and you're forgiven. You know, some people say you don't need a priest, you can talk directly to God and make your confession to him. It doesn't bother me to go to a priest. I don't have anything. (laughs) You know, I'm not doing anything that's really treacherous. I think I've committed a lot of venial sins. Uh, That's why... You know, I don't have desires to commit grave sins at this point that I know of. Uh, I'll have to talk to my priest about that and see if anything I'm doing is leading me toward grave sin, like murder or adultery or, you know, those biggies. But hopefully if I just keep confessing these little sins, I'll never have to worry about that because I'll get it off my chest, I'll be forgiven, and I'll stop sinning. Go and sin no more. I don't want... I don't want to be buried in the ground and having rocks thrown at me, okay? So I went and sinned no more. I've done it pretty well, I have to say. Thank you, Jesus. Couldn't have done it without you. So revelation. Okay. Personal revelation, emotional and physical, is what uh, brings God's children together. Personal revelations. So this was a personal revelation of mine. Receiving the Holy Eucharist on our tongues is an act of love. It is to bring us closer to the Lord. It is our bread of life. See Jesus in the Eucharist. Partaking of him will enlighten your mind and open the door to communicate with him. In the other realm, the spiritual realm, the Holy of Holies, the place he speaks to us, his children, His children understand and can grasp the concept if they are open to it. Open door, revelation, knock. Jesus will come in. He will write on your heart and on your mind what he wants his children to know. Okay? So open the gate, the door to your mind. Revelation 3.20. The key to unlock the mystery. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Okay? So anyway, I get these little messages sometimes, and I know to, (laughs) I believe they are coming from God, and they just kind of wake me up. They just kind of keep me 
aware that God is with me at all times. And any time I get a little thought in my mind, I try to write it down. Because you never know. I mean, somebody could get their hands on this book and something that's written in here could make a could be valuable to them. It could help them decide they want to turn to the Lord and look into it at least. Look into what he is willing to do for them and what he's done for other people. I mean, um, what would you call it? Um, oh, there's a lot of people in here. I was in the other room. I didn't even notice that. Hey, everybody. Sorry, can you hear me? Oh, I seem to make up my own rules about everything. Stop making... Oh, okay, really? You... Okay. Yeah, you know, it's not my rules. It's God's rules. So if you have something to say about that, um, Visser, I think that you should take it up with him because obviously you're hearing the truth and it's making you angry. See, that's how you know when... (laughs) That's really how you know when... Uh, somebody's not walking in the truth because when they do hear the truth, they seem to get angry and they want to attack you and call you names and say terrible things about you. You know, Jesus told us, they are going to hate you. If you stand with me and if you speak of me and you speak the truth, the world is going to hate you. So, Visser, this doesn't surprise me that you would hate me so much and say these things about me. I've never said anything about you. Have I ever said anything about you negative? No, I've never said anything about one of you guys that would be considered negative, ever. I've always tried to be uplifting. I've always called in and tried to be understanding of where you're coming from. I don't condemn you for your faith. I don't. I may not have the same faith, but I would never say yours is, um, as long as it, you're trying to help your fellow man and follow those first two commandments, you know, Maybe you're, you know, I don't really know. I don't have anything to say about that. I'm not the final judge and jury, okay? The judge and jury is God. So when we get to heaven or to the gates and he makes his decision, that's when we'll know. Uh, Until then, we just have to do the best we can do in this world, okay? And that's what I try to do every day of my life. I really do. I think about it throughout the day. I ask for mercy, throughout the day for my sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I say that a lot of times throughout the day, okay, because I want that forgiveness. I want that mercy. I can't live without that mercy and forgiveness because I am a sinner, just as you are, all of you, okay? We're supposed to love one another, You know, we're supposed to love the same God. We're supposed to follow the same God. And we're supposed to love one another and help each other in this hellish world we live in. What's so, you know, what's so hard about that? Now, just because I, in my church, receive Holy Communion and believe that it is the body and blood of Christ, I'm not saying that other people who do not do that are going to hell. It's not my judge uh, judgment to say that, okay? What I am saying is that when I receive the Holy Eucharist and I go to Mass, I feel like I'm with Jesus at the Last Supper, and that is the intention of the Mass, okay? So when I go and when I receive my Holy Communion and the body of Christ is in me, I feel a closer connection to the Lord, and I'm able to 
I think, function at a higher level uh, of goodness when I have that in me. It's my own personal belief. I don't see uh, why people would condemn that. Um, You know, it's something that keeps me going. It keeps my spirits up. And I do believe that that is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And I do believe that he asked us to do that in memory of him. It's in the Bible, okay? You guys know your Bible so well. You know all your verses and you know exactly where that is, where he tells you to eat his flesh and drink his blood, okay? So I can't give you scripture by number because I've, I've I've not only memorized the scripture, I live the scripture. That's what I do. I don't need to know numbers and everything. I can look it up. I can recall it in my mind and know what Jesus tells me. He doesn't need to tell me a number. Go here, go here, go here. It's in my heart and in my mind. That's where he told us. It will be on your mind and in your heart. Even in the book of Revelation, he talks about that. And when you start to make the connection, you can go back to the very beginning of time, to Adam and Eve, and you can see the process. You can see how the tribes were formed, how Israel was always God's chosen people, the state of Israel, but also the people of Israel, the people who are God's chosen people, the people who believe in the Lord and follow his commandments. You see it over and over throughout history, how he will destroy every other nation, and and save Israel, even when he's mad at Israel, okay? So that's the way I believe, and nothing, nothing is going to change that, okay? So let's just be civil to one another, live good lives, and try to help the poor and the hungry and the, the downtrodden, you know, go to McDonald's tomorrow, buy $20 of gift food certificates, $5 a piece. When you see somebody in need, ask them, look, you know, I don't have cash to give you, but what I can do is give you a $5 gift card to McDonald's. Is that something you would use? You know how many times I've done that? A good friend of mine, a deacon, told me to do that. And People have been so appreciative of that. Those little things. You make a card. I bought a pack of cards, Christian cards the other day. You know, I'm going to just put little notes in these Christian cards, maybe Bible verses or something, just to try to cheer people up throughout the day and hand them out. I'm going to have my son help me do that, you know. Those are easy things to do. That's all we need to do is start loving each other, looking at when... um, how we can make the world a better place. Start putting Jesus in our everyday lives instead of evil crap. Like, uh, it's okay to fornicate in the middle of a church, okay? That's not, that's evil, okay? We don't want uh, laws to say that things like that are okay. You know, the world's getting worse. It's getting more destructive. Uh, People are wanting to make their own rules and their own laws. You're talking about me making my own rules. For goodness sakes, I mean, everybody can do anything they want anymore. There is no law. We live in a lawless society, okay? There is nothing in this world anymore that is sacred, not even the church. The church can't even say, look, we don't want this here because we are sacred. This is the only place people can come to worship God. But because all these churches now are being put under pressure from secular society, 
they're they're kowtowing to it. They're having to bow down to worldly things, to the government agencies. Okay, the Catholic Church won't do that. The Catholic Church may shrink because some of its leaders may do that. But the real Catholic Church, the real Christians, the universal church of all Christians will never die. It may go underground. It may have to go into hiding. It will never die because of people like me and people who believe like me. And these martyrs and stuff that are going out and getting beheaded, people like that keep the faith alive. Those people are all in heaven, okay, because they were saying at their final moments, Jesus, save me, save me. Jesus was waiting for them. They have a special place in heaven, man. They shed their blood. The martyrs who wear red, they shed blood for us, for us to keep the church alive in us. Man, I don't know if God has that in store for me, but those people need to, they deserve every ounce of honor and respect we can give them. Our men and women who go off and fight for this country, they're martyrs, okay? We have to be very um, thankful for those people who do those things for our well-being. They don't even know us and they're dying for us, you know? Okay, have you seen Mary in a piece of bread? No, it's not a piece of bread. It is the Holy Eucharist. It is uh, the body of Christ, okay? And no, Mary does not, uh, she's not uh, in the Eucharist. It is Jesus Christ. Although Mary is the vessel for Jesus Christ, okay? She was sinless, actually. She was a virgin. She was sinless. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. We don't worship Mary, okay? We do not worship Mary. We venerate Mary. We honor Mary. You know why? Because Mary gave her life for us, just as Jesus did. She said yes to God, not like Adam and Eve. Mary said, you know what? Lord Jesus, your will be done in me. I am going to do what you tell me to do, and I am going to do it happily. Because I love you, Lord, and that is all that matters. I want to make you happy. So she carries Jesus for nine months. She is the mother of God. She is our God, our mother, okay? Our mother of our God. She carried him in her womb for nine months, okay? Now, many of you, maybe you're men, I don't know, but until you carry a child... You have no right to say anything about that. I've carried three children, lost one, had two. So I have something to say when it comes to Mary carrying God in her womb. You know, it's, and then on top of it, she's a virgin and she gets pregnant and people want to stone her. She has to walk around with that concern, but she didn't even do that. God, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do your will, okay? So, yeah. Do you respect your own moms? Do you respect your own mothers? Because if you do, then why do you have such a problem with us respecting Mary? She is the mother of God, the same God you claim you worship and adore, okay? I don't know how how much easier to make it to understand. You know, Mary cannot forgive Did I say she had to forgive? I never said Mary has to forgive. We should respect Mary. And you know what? Who was at the foot of that cross? Was it Peter? 
No. Was it Paul? No. Paul wasn't even around then. Was it Judas? No. He betrayed Jesus. He was already dead by the time Judas, uh, Jesus was hanging on the cross. Peter wasn't around because he freaked out and got scared and didn't do fo- uh, follow God's will. It came later. It hit Peter later. Then he decided, I'm going to get hang upside down, you know, because I don't, I'm not worthy to have the same uh, type of death that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, had. So Peter decides later, okay, now I get it, Jesus. Now I understand. Uh, but it took him a while. He didn't want to stand at the foot of that cross and die right then, and he couldn't because he had to carry on the tradition of the church, so he needed to do other things. But none of those guys stood there except John. John is the only one that stood there with the women and took care of Mary, the brother, after Jesus uh, left. You know, Jesus had other things to do. Somebody had to be responsible for Mary because she was respected okay and not only that mary magdalene too they did take care of her and she formed her own ministry uh over in france i think there was a church and they even have articles religious articles rem uh relics of mary magdalene's her uh body was found so I know you guys hate women, though, so you would never... I can never open your eyes about this. Not all of you, but I know some of you do here that I've dealt with anyway. Harriet talks you. <laughs> uh, you don't have to believe in Mary to be saved. I mean, you don't have to believe the way I believe in her. I think you should respect women, and her, and her being the mother of Jesus, I think we all should. But if you're not taught to do that, that's fine. Uh, I don't think Jesus would be happy with you if you didn't respect his mother. He certainly respected her. So I don't know where you guys come off, some of you saying that uh, you shouldn't respect Mary, the mother of God. You hate men. Oh, yes, I hate men. Right. Okay. So I don't know how you come to that conclusion, but... If I hated men, why would I be uplifting Jesus so much? I mean, Jesus was a man, right? And he was... <laughs> God is a man. I have a great deal of respect for men, but not any men. I have a great deal of respect for good men. Men who treat uh, people respectfully. Okay? Uh, I'm not going to just like all men. I'm not going to do that because there are men that want to go take little 10-year-old, 5-year-old girls and rape them and sodomize them and murder them. Now, am I supposed to like those men? No. Okay? So if you can show me that you're a good man and that you're worthy of my respect, then I don't have a problem with you. I would expect you to do the same with me, uh, you know? Either you respect me or you don't. Uh, it doesn't, no skin off my nose. I don't care, you know. I am who I am. <laughs> Remember that one? What did he, who's, who said that to who? Oh, oh, did God say that to Moses? Yeah. Oh, she knows something about that Bible, doesn't she? Uh-huh. She just doesn't know the numbered passages because she didn't get it pounded into her and beaten into her as a child, but she knows a lot of what those words mean, trust me. Okay, she's a Catholic. She doesn't know anything about Scripture. Yeah, I know a lot about Scripture. I don't know it. You know how I know it? Because the Lord blesses me with it. It's called the Holy Spirit. 
And when I need to speak something, he will give it to me. It's for his glory. I don't know how to do it. I don't, I don't know how to do it, any of it on my own. But when the Lord wants something to be heard, he will put it upon you through the Holy Spirit, and he'll make it heard for his glory to bring people to him. Okay? Anyway, let's you talk more about Mary than Jesus. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So all men are rapists, murderers to you. Okay, I see. No, I didn't say that. I said many men in the Middle East and stuff are, and I would never worship a false god like Allah, and I would not respect anything they do. Uh, maybe you do. I don't know. But uh, when I see them raping little girls, when I see men, I just had a conversation with this guy uh, last night, a great man, great, great man. He was telling me about Africa and how a lot of these people with AIDS, these men in particular with AIDS, think that they it's a voodoo thing they've been taught, and they think it's uh, religious and of God to take their seed then and in, uh, implant it into a virgin, and that will get the AIDS out of them. They have missionaries that go over to talk to these people because they're doing this in Africa right now. So I'm going to actually donate, I think, something to that ministry um, because what they're doing is they're raping babies. They're barely born out of the womb, and these guys are raping them thinking that the evil spirit and the AIDS will come out of their body and go into that soul, that, and that's how they're going to get rid of the AIDS. Okay, so men like that, I pray for them. Maybe they're uneducated. Uh, I don't know why they do that. Uh, maybe they've been taught wrong, but I, you know, I don't hate them. I pray for them. I don't respect them. I don't believe them. You know, um, you hate Muslims. I I do not like uh, people who practice extreme Islam. I I I don't. It's not that I don't like the people. I don't like the. Uh, I don't like their the way they abuse uh, their faith. They they lie and they twist it so that they can do evil things in this world. And they've been doing it since the beginning of time, you know, Islam and this religion of Allah. They've been twisting God's word for since Adam and Eve, you know. it's This is what the whole... Jewish Testament is about these wars between, you know, Islam and Christ or God. So, no, I'm not going to believe what they believe, and I'm not going to respect it either. Why should I? It's not, it's got nothing to do with the color of their skin, either. It's got to do with where they were raised. And what we're supposed to do, actually, for those people who are worshiping false gods, is to teach them the truth about the gospel and the truth about Jesus Christ and why he came. He came to save all people. And hopefully, in the end, uh, we will be able to uh, show them this through scripture and through the way we behave and the way that our martyrs will die for Jesus and they won't, um, they, these people will come to understand that the quality to have is good. 
you are to be good in this world. God wants us to be good, not evil, not fighting, not creating chaos, not wreaking havoc everywhere we go, okay? He wants us to be good to each other, to love one another. That's what he's looking for in his children. And he's looking for us to pray for our worst enemy. We're to love our worst enemy even more than our friends because by loving our worst enemy, we can really make a difference. They'll say, how can they love us? We hate them. How can these people love us this way? What is Jesus saying? What is he putting on their hearts to give them that much love that they would want to love somebody like us who are killing all their children and trying to destroy their nation? But some of them will turn. Some of them will see the light by watching the way we, good Christians, behave, okay? Uh, I don't I don't I don't preach. I just say what's on my heart. I'm not a preacher, I'm not a rabbi, I'm not a teacher, I'm not uh I would say maybe I'm a form of a prophet at times. God may may use some of the things I say to, you know, help a situation or help somebody, but I think well, we're all called to be priests, prophets and kings, okay? So, um but it's not for us to be to put ourselves on a pedestal, whatever we say, whatever brings good to the world and light to the world is because God has used us as a prophet or as a light, as a vessel, just like he used Mary to bring Jesus into the world. He uses us to spread the good news, the gospel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you can believe it, you cannot believe it. It's up to you. You can hate me. You can hate God. You know, I can't change it. All I can do is tell you the experience I've had in this world and how when I was without God, and I was for a long time in my life, my life wasn't very good. Not Certainly not as good as it is when God, when I am um, connected to the Lord. You know, I've always believed in Jesus, but I always haven't fulfilled his commandments. I've tried to run things my way, and I made a lot of mistakes doing that because I didn't trust in him and what he wanted for me. Now I'm trying to live uh, the way, the truth, and the life. You know, you don't... Look, you don't have to respect your enemy. You don't have to... do what your enemy does and sometimes yeah you god there are just wars and sometimes when it's for the better good we have to do things i don't think at that point it is called um murdering in the name of god like so many people call holy wars are they're not it's not murdering in the name of god it's defending the lord and defending his truths, and defending his children. And when you have evil, and you see it all throughout the Bible and history, that is constantly going after God's children, you know, how can God defeat that? He either comes himself, and he's done it many times with Sodom and Gomorrah, he's done it with Noah, um, many times in our history that he has come and destroyed uh, the enemy because Israel needed him or, you know, his children needed him here. So, um, you know, sometimes people die 
Look at our martyrs who are dying over in the Middle East right now. And that's going to happen here, too, if we don't mm, don't change our evil ways. Okay? You've got to change your evil ways. <laughs> Baby! <laughs> All right, so that's about it. I don't know who these guests are. Guest 4, guest 5, and guest 6. Or guest 6, 5, 4, 4, 5, 6. 7, 8, 9... That's a pattern, you know. What comes after four, five, six? Tell me. Somebody type in there. What comes after four, five, six? By the way, did you know the Bible is read as patterns? And once you realize this, and God uh, will open up your eyes to this kind of stuff. It's amazing, really. I am in awe with the Lord right now. I am so in awe. I get down on my knees every day. I've built an altar in my house. I light candles for the Lord. I pray for Him. I pray the divine office every day. And the more I pray, the more this this God gives me. He is a great God, and I love the man. I love the being. I love everything. I love... I, I I can't even say, love is not even the accurate word for it. I mean, it's just awe. He's miraculous. So, anyway, the Lord will show you the patterns in the Bible as you start to read it. And you can just be a commoner like me, no formal education. Although, I'm sure you guys can't tell that. You probably think I'm highly educated. I'm sure you... <laughs> Because of the way I speak, I'm so eloquent. You know, you must think I've had some, uh, I've got a PhD or something. But that's God. God uses his people. Did you know Moses couldn't even speak? Aaron had to be hired or Aaron had to be asked to come in and help Moses because he did not speak well. He was not an educated man. But that's who God chooses, the fishermen and all the, the commoners of the world. God likes to do that. He likes to trick people. That's why Jesus came and was born in a manger. He was humble. It's called humility. Okay? We all possess it, if we like. Uh, maybe Barack Obama does not possess humility. He may be the only one that I know of. On the face of the earth, you can't be humble. That's about it. Uh, okay, so... Uh, nobody wants to call in, huh? This gets kind of lonely talking by yourself. I don't know how old Marty does it, half-beard Marty. Why does Marty wear a half-beard anyway? What is the significance of that? What is the statement he's trying to make? Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me that, and they, some people just think he's crazy. You know, I don't know why the man does this. I don't know if he wants attention or if he, if there's some religious aspect to why he does it. Um, has anybody ever asked him that? Oh, Marty, why do you wear half a beard and why do you wear your hair so long? Why do you grow this beard that's like unmanageable? I don't understand that. I think if I were a man, I would shave for sure. I wouldn't want all that hair on my face. Um, I don't have to worry about that though, so... You guys have to worry about You know, I've been watching this other guy, too. He's uh, Michael Rude. My, is his name Michael Rude, Rude Awakening? He has a bunch of DVDs and videos, and he does this whole Hebrew 
take on the Bible. He's very informative. He knows a lot about the Hebrew. He knows how to read the Hebrew and decipher the code, I guess. But some of it I think he gets wrong. But, you know, he's got his own stuff piled into his uh, interpretation of the Hebrew Bible. So I don't buy into all of it, but some of it's very good. This guy talks about hair being cut and beards, and he says men back then were supposed to keep their hair just shoulder length, basically, and they were supposed to keep a bearded face so they looked like men. You know, they weren't supposed to be clean-shaven. He even pointed out some um, text, I believe, in and that was it Leviticus that talked about, you know, how men were supposed to look and how women were supposed to look. And anyway, he's interesting. So I'm not just, um, you know, I study a lot of different things, even though I'm Catholic and I will always be Catholic. I like to see other people's perspective. And... um I love the fact that anybody who knows how to read Hebrew and interpret Hebrew, I've even been listening to a Catholic priest who is very orthodox and very much into the Hebrew language, and he he will decipher a lot of the meanings of the words in Hebrew because they are different. Some of them were changed uh, when they wrote it in Greek and Aramaic, so I'm learning all that too. Okay, this was a waste of time because you don't care about the Lord. <laughs> Bye, guest five. It's a half an hour out of your day, okay? A half an hour. Is that going to kill you to listen to something about the Lord? One, 30 measly minutes. You'll listen to Marty for six hours a night, sometimes longer. This guy goes on and on, but you won't listen to me for 30 minutes, Okay. Maybe I should be a politician. They seem to get everybody listening to them. They can do anything they want. People fall on the floor and kneel in front of them and worship them. Maybe I should become consider becoming some politician. Um, all right, well, I guess I'm going to end this call. Terminate. Now, do I terminate it first? Okay, guest four and guest six. Thank you for coming to visit me. Thank you for staying and listening. I hope something I said uh, made you smile or gave you some incentive for your day tomorrow. And uh, God bless you. God bless all of you who are just trying to make it through this world and get to heaven, okay? We're all in the same boat here. Let's try to be civil to one another. Good night.